Childhood Discussions, where we have conscious conversations about early care and education topics with early childhood champions. This podcast comes to you from the Grow New Jersey Kids Technical Assistance Center North, part of the Central Jersey Family Health Consortium. I'm Lori Harji, Special Projects Manager, and my co-host and the creator of this podcast is Stephanie Boyson, Senior Technical Assistance Specialist. Today, we are excited to have a full house. Stephanie and I are joined by our colleagues at the TA Center, Christy Smith, Senior Technical Assistant Specialist, and Jennifer Blum, Technical Assistant Specialist, as well as Mrs. P, the beloved long-term director of Westside Child Care Center in Hepatcom, who like many seasoned child care directors, retired during the pandemic. We are so excited for this conversation about supporting your staff's professional growth. And we are anxious for Mrs. P to unveil the secrets of success behind her legendary status. Stephanie, would you like to get the conversation started? Yes, hi, good morning. Thank you everyone for joining us today. Mrs. P, thank you very much. So we know that everyone has a story to, sh to share. So we'd love to hear yours. How did you get into the field of early education? Well, uh, when my children were younger, uh, two and five, whatever, I was really home with them because that was our game plan. My husband would work and I'd stay home. Um, when my son started school and, and April was little and I was like, I can't be just sitting around all the time. So one of my friends, Sharon Solkowitz, she happened to be working at Westside Child Care Center which is part of the Methodist church, which is right around the corner from my home. So I actually started as a floater. Um, they, uh, April was uh, taking care of, no, she actually started preschool there. So when she started preschool, my son was in kindergarten, first grade, I started as a floater. So I think my hours were like, I don't know, nine to 12 or something. I was the extra pair of hands. And at that time, actually they had car lines where you can actually take the, the parent didn't even have to get out of the car. I was able to go take the child from the car and whatever it, I loved it. And I was like the extra pair of hands in the classroom. I mean, we had three classrooms going, I believe at the time. So, you know, if they were having a messy art project, that was me. I actually made the Play-Doh in the pots on the stove. And I loved it because I was everywhere and anywhere. So um, then I became an aide. As time went on, I became an aide. And um, as I was becoming aides, the politics in the church were changing. And uh, I was strongly recommended that I should start seeing if I could get more education. Because at that time, all I had was high school diploma. And, you know, so um, looked into the CDA. I ended up getting my CDA and I was able to become a preschool teacher. And then again, with politics, the way they were in the church and numerous directors leaving and numerous pastors being changed. The last pastor that came in, Reverend Michael, had come up to me and out of the blue, I just met the man and he just looked at me and he just said, you will become a director here one day. And I went, yeah, okay, that's not happening. <laughs> I like being a teacher. I'm fine where I am. Um, but yes. I then ended up going because, again, I didn't have a college degree or anything like that. So I was going to what they called um, Director's Academy down uh, with Pamela Brooks 
in programs for parents. Uh, where was that? Montclair. It was down Montclair University. So I went there for a year. I graduated. And uh, then because that wasn't enough, I ended up having to go for the uh, Director's Academy. No, Administration with Laura Mickley. And I did that. So I got those under my belt. I was grandfathered in. And uh, I was a director for like, I don't know, 10, 11 years. But I do, my full time at Westside was 35 years. But I do believe that being a floater, a teacher, an aide, really did help me become a conscientious director. That because I was in the trenches, I knew what it was like, even though a lot changed in all those years, but the basic respect and nurturing and loving and caring, I got through years of experience. So. Wow, that is quite the professional trajectory. Um, and thank you so much for letting us know about, about that, because I think it's so important to, to mention um, how really crucial the um, extra pair of hands are. I'm putting it in quotes for everyone listening because those extra pair of hands really do help take some of the pressure off of the teacher. So can you talk a little bit about um, just the importance of every person at a childcare center, whether it be the floater or an aide or a teacher, like how does it all make such a great, you know, working machine? Um, okay, so uh, while I was director, my main goal was not only to get competent staff, I mean, of course, that's everyone's goal. Um, but again, I never went by ratios. That was not important to me. What was important to me was that the head teacher had enough support in her room so that she wasn't by herself. It wasn't like one to 10 or one to 12 or whatever. If there was a situation going on in the classroom, there was always at least two people at times there was three because you have a classroom of maybe 15 three-year-olds and someone's having a temper tantrum or someone has to go to the bathroom whatever and you're only one person or two people even you can't effectively do your job um i also made sure that the personalities matched i mean i was blessed that Almost all of my staff were people that I knew or like Jen, who came to me from high school and I groomed and I knew that their strong points and I knew who they worked well with. Um, so I definitely was told numerous times, even by Gina from licensing, that I'm overstaffed. But to me, that made my center a success everyone no one felt burdened nobody felt like they were being dumped on no one felt that they were alone because we had actual classrooms where you close a door there was six classrooms and no one ever felt that they were on an island by themselves nobody was ever alone and as a director also and I know uh, Jen and I had spoke about this before if I knew because listen as time went on you know these young adults who calls out because they stayed out too late last night or what? I mean, it happened. I mean, so the ideal situation that I thought I was creating at times were not was not there, but then that was my job to pick up the pace. 
Not that I would stay in the room all the time, but I would make sure like, like at pertinent times, like Jen had said, when it was lunchtime or even transitional time, going to the bathroom, washing your hands, whatever. I made sure that I was available. Just like you do what you have to do. I'll take care of this. So I just think, and, and again, I know that logistically a lot of centers cannot do that, but I think if it is possible, I strongly recommend it because number one, your staff will not be as stressed. They won't be as overloaded. They will be able to engage with the children more. Um, and even the parents, I mean, they'll have a, ha I, I found they had a much happier outlook. They loved coming to work and they weren't overloaded. I mean, that was just my point of view. <laughs> oh, thanks, Mrs. P. Um, I think that many successful directors really work with that conscious overstaffing mentality. And um, the way that you described how you came up to become a director through um, those different experiences of starting with a floater and really seeing your staff as individuals. And I think um, the way that you described that pastor who came up to you and said, you will become the director is as if that pastor saw something in you that you didn't see in yourself. And I think when I hear stories about you told, it's along those lines about how you see your staff's gifts and that many of your staff have started with you um, as students, as high school students, as college students. And, and Jen um, on our team is one of them. And, and Jen, I'd love to hear you describe how that experience was for you working at the Westside Child Care Center in that environment. Yeah, hi everybody. Um, I'm Jen, technical assistant specialist. And wow, you know, I think the hardest part for me now is um, as, a, as a TA, as a technical assistant specialist, hearing certain directors talk about, well, you know, high school students are applying or, or young college students are applying. And I just, I just don't want to take the chance. And it takes everything in me to take off that, that hat of like me previously and put on my TA hat of let's chat about that. Like, why, why are you feeling that way first to really talk to them about that, those feelings. And then I tell them, listen, I am where I am at today because someone like you took the chance on me because I started when I was a senior in high school. I knew I wanted to work in education. I had no clue which direction it was gonna be. I mean, heck, I got my degree in communications, but I wanted it to be something in education. I was going down like the higher education path with that. But with all that being said, I knew it was in education. I knew that's where I wanted to start and I knew that's where I wanted to be. So Westside was, you know, it was in my, my town. It's where I went to school. And I was like, I'm gonna try this place out. A few of my friends work there too. So with that being said, and I love my friends, I'm still friends with them to this day, but it came down to that point where Miss P sat me down and I was working there for, I think it was like a summer that I started working there. And then it was like into the beginning of the school year. And she sat me down and she's like, listen, I have to let go of so-and-so and so-and-so. And I know that you're, they're your friends. She's like, but here's the thing. I'm going to keep you because I see 
so much in you. Here are the great things you're doing. And here are some improvements that we need to work on. And she sat me down and we had a conversation about that, about what I could do to continue to grow. And I stayed with Miss P for, oh my gosh, nine, 10 years. I stayed with her and it fluctuated. You know, I, I left Miss P, um, West side. I say Miss P because it was like a second home to me. She's like a second mom she became, but I left West side to go pursue, you know, my, my degrees and, and certain things. And I still worked there when I could. And, and she was flexible with me as much as she possibly could. And I think the reason I was able to stay with her for that long and feel comfortable being there that long was because of the support she gave. And I know that that's hard because so many people are like, I just need someone to stop telling me their hours that they can work. And I need someone to just work the hours that I need them to work. And I need, and I'm like, I get that. Listen, I totally hear you, but take people for what you can have them and take them for as long as you can have them and support them on their growth and look at them as long as you can have them is the best thing that you can have. And, you know, and, and I left Miss P at one point to go work at another school to, to finish my degree and to get observations and that didn't work. So she took me back and I left Miss P at one point to go again, West side, I keep saying Miss P, but to go work and be a substitute teacher in public schools. And she's like, when you're not in public schools, come back here, be, be an assistant, be a floater, be whatever you can be at our school. And, and that's what she did for me. Um, beyond that, after all those years of education, when I realized that maybe teaching in public schools wasn't the path for me, I, again, sat down and I said, listen, do you mind if I start helping you with Grow New Jersey Kids? Because we joined Grow New Jersey Kids. And she was looking at me like, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? And I was like, yes, yes, yes. Like I would love to. And then I was like, listen, can you make me your administrative assistant? Because I think I want to go down this path. I love Grow New Jersey Kids or, or I might want to work for Northwest Capital or, or something like that. Can I become that person at your school? And she's like, absolutely. And that's when she started to see me as a, a different employee as well. I still taught preschool. I did not get a pay raise for this new job title that I was taking on. But for me, I was able to get number one experience. And number two, I was able to put it on my resume. And I truly, truly believe that because of the support of my director, helping me with my future, knowing I would be leaving her for good one day, not coming back, who knows, at some point, because that was me, but she supported me for what I needed at that time. And it wasn't me walking all over her. It wasn't me taking advantage of her. It was me and her supporting one another. I gave her my all and I tried my best to do what she needed and what Westside needed and the children needed, but she also supported me through personal crises and um, you know professional development. It was the support from her that kept me there for that long. So I'm hearing two words in my mind right now. And the first one is opportunity. And the second one is legacy. I really feel like you have left your mark on many of these people you've touched in regards to their professional growth and even personal growth. You know, it seems like you made that with those relationships. So I would love to hear your reaction to what um, Jen had 
spoken about considering you know she, you were so flexible with her and you did give her so many opportunities and I think it it means something to, to someone like Jen who was kind of in and out of of her professional setting but you always welcomed her back so I'd love to hear your reactions and kind of like what your side of the story is um, of what Jen said okay um <laughs> okay first of all um I I think I was, I always had an open door to my young adults. In my mind, you couldn't, I couldn't get better workers. Most of them, like Jen said, either I taught or they go to the local high school. And while she was speaking, I also was thinking, and, and I, a word of advice to directors today. I know that a number of high schools have CDA programs going on you really need to tap into that. Those um, supervisors of the CDA program are dying to have their students be a part of a childcare center. And it is such a win-win situation. Um, towards the end of my directorship, I'd say the last uh, maybe five years was when the CDA program kind of blossomed in the Hopakon schools. They, they had their own preschool class, don't get me wrong, during the day, I think it was called Little Chiefs or something. But after school, I connected with the supervisor, I met with the superintendent, I met with the principal of the high school, and we had a relationship where they would fuel me, CDA candidates, they would work in my aftercare program. If they needed to work during the day, they were, I allowed that. And again, a lot of times it was that extra pair of hands and you weren't even paying for it. You were giving them experience and you were also maybe getting a potential new staff member once they were done and they were trained. Now, Jen, I'm gonna say this with all honesty, was a unique situation. Jen is very driven, very organized, very caring, very loving. Her and I had a number of heart-to-heart -heart talks. Like she said, I, I did, I, I have to say this, Jen was like my other daughter because her and I had an extremely close relationship. But like she said, when, well, you know, you all know, Jen has a gift. She's so organization, she, her organizational skills are amazing. And she's right, once this Grow New Jersey kid started, I tapped into my staffs like herself, or I had to redo all of my personnel files. I had, I knew, as you could see, I know nothing about computers or whatever. I had Mr. DJ, I tapped into him. You have to focus on the value and the specialty each one of your staff member has, because it's not just being in the classroom with kids. A lot of them have such skills that can go beyond that. And like she said, I was flexible. That's where you're able to be flexible when you don't just have staff within ratio. You can fluctuate your staff and rotate them. Yes, I'm not saying scheduling wasn't a nightmare. Uh, it was. And, you know, like she said, like, who goes to class Monday, Wednesday, Friday from nine to three and who goes this? But they also was a, a 
I could pull them for substitutes. So let's just say I knew that somebody was off on a Wednesday. They weren't scheduled, but someone who was supposed to work Wednesday couldn't. I could call them and they would be able to come in. I always had that flow. And I did a lot of times have personal conversations with my staff, especially my young adults like Jen and Brandy and Will and Steve. What are your goals? What is it you're looking to do? And how, and then in my mind, how can I utilize that while they're here? Because yes, I knew, I knew all of my staff was going somewhere. I knew they weren't going to be with me for, but as long as I had them and as long as I could keep them, one, I knew I had an exceptional staff member, someone who was loyal, someone who I could count on, never have to worry about when I was in the office and they were in the classroom, they could handle whatever situation there was. And if they couldn't, they would come and get me. So I never had to worry about what was going on in the classroom because the staff was loyal to to Westside, the families, and me. I hope that answered your question. I'm going to use this as a confidence booster in, in the future. I'm going <laughs> to think back to this and be like, wow, <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I, I think you brought up two really good points. I think number one, you brought up the huge point of when you sat down with young adults, but even, even seasoned staff, because sometimes people start over their careers. So you always have those conversations with everyone, but you tapped into what that individual wanted to be and what their goals were for their future. And um, two, two people come to mind. So number one, you had your Mr. DJ and he was techie and he wasn't really going down the path of education, but he was great with the kids. And you saw that in him just because he was going to school for more tech things. And also he was a DJ, which just went along with his, with, you know, his name, but you tapped into what his personality was aside from professionally, he was great with kids, but then you tapped into the role of what he wanted to do professionally. And you had him play really fun music and play fun things with the kids during the summer. And then he helped revamp your, your um, website and um, you know, your social media and doing things like that, which let's be honest, like you just said, you weren't great at, and that's okay. And you can admit that as a person, as a director, these are not my best qualities that I can do. Let me find someone to support me at the program who can do that. And no, you did not pay him extra to do these certain things. He just did it because you supported him. Um, and then another one that I think of is um, your Miss Alyssa. And she worked there beyond when I worked there too, but she was going to school for nutrition. Again, same situation as DJ. She had that personality, loved kids, didn't know what she wanted to do, going for nutrition. You made her your, and I'm quoting this, chef combo because it's a made up puppet guy at your school. But she created healthy snacks that the kids could cook together. But that was also part of her internship for her degree. And so you knew that about her instead of saying, oh, you know, you're going for nutrition. She's going to leave. Let me find someone else to do something. And it created these fun, interesting programs at your school that were unique to your school, but set you apart from other schools in such a positive way. And that's something so big that, you know, people need to look at as well as let me look past what their degree is or what their hopes and dreams are for the future. Like, let me not ask my 20 year old potential staff member, where do you see yourself in five years? Because it might not be at your school. 
it might not be there, but you might be able to get five plus years out of them. Who knows? Like who, who knows? Take that, taking that chance is huge. Thanks, Jen. And it's true. You know, I, I also feel that um, when you when you said that in, in my mind, too, is one person comes to mind is Will. When Will came to me, I have to say, quite honestly, I was shocked that he even accepted to be there. I think it was just at the beginning. It was just a something to do after school for a couple of bucks. He excelled he was an artist, he was a jack of all trades, whatever, never ever seeing himself as a teacher, never. And I remember he came into me one day and he just said to me, Mrs. P, because of you and my team time here at Westside, I'm going to pursue being a teacher. And right now he teaches science at Freeling Middle School. And well, Mel was always a teacher, like you were a teacher. She's now a kindergarten teacher at Hudson Maxim. Well, it's not Hudson Maxim anymore. It's Durban Avenue. But she's a she's a kindergarten teacher. So some, yes, keep going and pursue it. But like um, Jen said, I would say 80% of whoever young adults started with me did not go on to be teachers or go in the educational field. But I think what we instilled in them was a work ethic, a responsibility to the job that they were getting paid for. And they knew how much they meant to me and how much I respected them and wanted them to be there, that they gave me 150% of themselves. And I couldn't have asked for a better staff. I was blessed all the time that I was a director there. And, and yes, of course, there were hiccups in the road. But you know what? The basic core staff that I had, and there was at least 25 of them, I couldn't have asked for a better staff. They were just amazing. So thank you for that, Jen. I was going to say, can I jump in now? <laughs> so my name is Christy. I'm a senior TAS at um, the TAC North. Uh, but I had the privilege of being Mrs. P's um, TAS probably like seven years ago we started because you were my first program that I started the rating pro with and my first program to get rated. Um, and I had the privilege of seeing Mrs. P and at that time Jen was the teacher in the classroom. So I had the privilege to see the dynamics um, Mrs. P and Jen had. Um, and, and not only Jen and Mrs. P. I mean, she really was loved throughout Hopacon. I mean, the first time I stepped into that program, I was welcomed with open arms and lots of hugs um, and always got hugged when you walked in that door. Um, so it, it's just a warm, welcoming. And I think Jen said earlier, it really is a family. Um, Westside is a family and that's the best way to explain it. Um, and like Jen said, she really tapped in and found the niches of her program, of her staff. And one that came to mind obviously was Jen because I worked with her with Grow. Uh, as she, when she was a teacher in the classroom, she really took on the curriculum and helped the other staff get acquainted and understand the creative curriculum. Um, also Kelly, 
who is took Mrs. P's position as the director when I started with them. Kelly was a pre-K teacher, but she really had an understanding of the gold assessment and lesson plans. And she became the person who approved and reviewed everyone's lesson plans. And now she's currently the director at Westside also. Uh, it just really is a place to grow. And you know, it kind of sounds cliche, Grow New Jersey Kids, but her staff grew as well. Um, her, whole, her whole program grew. I even saw her grow. Mrs. P grew as a director during that time um, with Grow New Jersey Kids. And it was a great experience as a TAS for my first program. Um, she kind of was my guinea pig to work through all the glitches, but like I said, it definitely is a family. Westside was a family when Mrs. P was there and all of Hopacon loved Mrs. P. Wherever you went, if you mentioned Hopacon, um, actually I just ran into someone who was friends with my son and Hopacon came up and Westside and she said she went to Westside. So it's just no matter where you are, if you mention Hopacon, Mrs. P's name comes up in conversation. Um, I mean, I have all these names written down. I had Will down, I had Jen down, I had Kelly down. They kind of touch bases on all of them, but she really keyed in on the niche of all her staff members and used them to the best of her ability, which helped her as a director. Um, everything wasn't on her shoulders during Grow New Jersey Kids. Um, and it was, everyone's hands were on deck when they went through the process because she really believed in each of her staff to help through the process. Uh, Thanks, Christy. I think that's, I think we have such a unique opportunity here to also mention to have someone who worked, you know, under Mrs. P and someone worked who worked technically side by side in the, in the rating process. So we have such a great, um, you know, double, story uh, and double art opportunity to talk about the different sides and different facets of, of her as a, as a mentor. Well, I was but, just gonna say, can I just say the one thing yeah. I was gonna add is that Mrs. B P being one of the first rated in Sussex County became a mentor to the directors throughout Sussex County and even other counties uh, when they started going through the process, she would share her policy. She would share her handbook. She would share the positive and negatives going through Grow New Jersey Kids because it's not an easy task. And it was a lot to take on for the director and the um, staff. But Mrs. P always said, it's worth it at the end. And she became that mentor to other programs and directors throughout the state. Yeah, thank you. And Mrs. P, do you want to speak a little bit about um, your decision to come into Grow and Jay as more of a, you know, I heard trailblazer, you know, I heard someone who um, took that road first and um, she's very proud of yourself, but you know, there's, it takes a, it takes a lot to, you know, move your, move the needle as someone in early childhood. So I definitely think that you had your hand in that as well. So speak a little bit about um, your process or your thought process around that, but also what were the benefits for you and your staff to work on quality as a whole? You are muted, Mrs. P. There you go. Am I good now? Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I have to say what got me interested in um, Grow New Jersey was actually Laura Mickley. 
when I went to that administrative um, period of time, she, the more and more she talked about it and the more and more that I knew that that was the direction that childcare was going to go into. And I also realized that, I, I don't wanna say the mom and pop, but the, the, the mom and pop childcare, let's just say, was not going to be the standard anymore that we needed to step up to, I guess how I explained it to my staff was, look, we're all doing the things that they're saying we should be doing through Grow New Jersey Kids. Uh, you know, we just have to document everything. Almost everything needs to be documented. So when the more and more I thought about it, the more and more I knew that we were capable of doing it. Um, myself, not so much with all the organization, but I, I just said, this is what we need to be. So I went back to my staff and I did explain to them, though, I, I was very open with them. This is going to be a hard journey. This is not an easy thing. We're going to have to, and I explained the curriculum. I explained the, the environment with the Eckers and the Itters and, and all of that kind of stuff there. And I just said, but listen, you guys are teachers. That's what you are. You're developing young minds. Now we just have to prove it to everybody. And how we can do that is through this Grow New Jersey Kids. And then I explained to them about the benefits, the, the monetary benefits, like through United Way, which Sean and them, because I sat on that committee too, Success by Six. That's the other thing I want to tell directors, get involved in as many committees like the United Way, like um your school board, you need to let people know you're there and preach your, your goods. You have to, to put yourself out there. And trust me, people want to invest in a quality childcare. You're taking care of their children. That is a huge thing, especially in this day and age. So well, getting back to that is so like, we got all our cribs for nothing. We got our playground redone for nothing. There was grant money available. I mean, we were able to, like Christy came in and helped us organize our classrooms so that they weren't as cluttered, like we had stuff everywhere, but that they were more, I don't want to say functional. They were more inviting for the children to learn. They became learning centers, but in a fun, interactive way. Um, so I have to give Laura the Mickley the kudos to put me on that path. But then <laughs> Christy and Jamie, I drove crazy. I, I must have called her every day with this kind of a question, that kind of question. Well, what did you know? All those point four point two and three point three, and I was like, oh my god! And a lot of times, and thankfully then, my daughter was working with me besides Jen, because Jen and April were are the a tag team. They were just amazing. I would be sitting there, <laughs> they would walk into the, the office and take one look at my face and I go, I can't do this anymore. <laughs> just, but I persevered because I knew how important it was and I needed to show my staff that no, this isn't too hard to do. Look, this is what I have to do. This is what you need to do. I said, and we'll never be a five star because we can't have a faculty room and we can't offer medical benefits. And so, 
but we can be a four because what we do in our classrooms is so valuable. And it, the, I, you know, they had to go for their CDA training. That was the other thing is, is I went, I made sure that it was at the center so they didn't have to travel. At that time, it was in, in classroom. Um, again, Noah Westcap worked with me, sent, sent people there. I had other centers come to us because we were big enough to do that. I went to three CDA classes just to support my staff. So, I mean, not that I needed them, but I wanted them to know that I, look, I understand that this is hard work, but in the end, it'll be so well worth it. And like Jen said, a lot of times because of where we were and I didn't charge a lot for tuition, whatever, there really wasn't a paycheck at the end. But I think, again, I was blessed that these women and young men and yet, you know, young adults valued what they were doing and knew how much I valued them and the families valued them. And it was just a win-win situation. And yes, when other directors, when I went to these meetings and, oh my God, this is such a pain in the neck and blah, blah, blah. I went, well, you're looking at it at the wrong, you're looking at it the wrong way. Yes, it's a lot of paperwork, but what, what are you becoming at the end of, you only have to do it once. I mean, it's a one shot deal. And then once your paperwork is done, and that's when I said, Christy said, like a lot of them was like, oh, I can't. I said, well, here, have mine. You can use mine as a sample because I, we did all the work. So it's fine. I didn't mind sharing because I knew how important it was for, for these centers to become part of grow. I mean, did I? I think you, you make a great point. Um, where you said, here, take some of my stuff, because um, as a TIS and all the other, um, you know, people that are on this meeting as well, who were once TISs or still work with programs, we try not to reinvent the wheel when it doesn't need to be reinvented. So we try to look at this as one big support system for Grow New Jersey kids. Um, just as, as it did when I taught at Westside and I looked at support systems from other teachers or people who no longer worked at Westside but now work somewhere else and I asked them for support or whatever it may be or we would go to trainings and you would connect with other teachers just like you did then you have to do the same thing with grow and connect with each other we share um you know handbooks we share handbooks and we're like hey you know what don't copy this handbook, but read through this and take out what you can and tailor it to be your program, your school, the information that you need, because why create a whole new thing or, or directors who just aren't good on the computer and they're like, well, I can't add fun logos or do those things. I said, let us help you with that. Take this handbook, add your own logos. It's already done for you, the formatting. So it's not joining grow and, and, and having to learn all of Microsoft suite. Like you don't have to learn every single thing there is to know about it. We are here to support you just like you were supported Miss P with Christy. And, you know, unfortunately, fortunately you were one of the first ones. So you didn't have much of the, here, let me share your samples with you. You were kind of like, Hey, can we use that as a sample? But that's what we're here for in that support system. And like, uh, Jen was making uh, saying, uh, which I strongly still have, have always felt this way. Directors shouldn't look at each other as competition. They should look at each other as partners in the child care center 
environment because you need each other. Not every, everyone has their unique um, way of, of having a childcare center. Everyone has their unique specialness that people go to them for, but use each other as partners in that journey. Don't look at each other as a competition because you, you do better when you join a team than if you're all by yourself. I mean, that's, that's my outlook. But I mean, Christy and Jamie were amazing because I couldn't have done it. I mean, she, <laughs> she spent some time days at my center. Melissa was very nice. She was very generous. <laughs> she let her come all the time. <laughs> One thing I want to add to that, Mrs. P, when you said that schools and directors should, um, work together in the community. I do remember one time I was sitting in your office and you got a call from a parent who was looking for some a type of care that you couldn't provide. So you hung up the phone and called Colleen, who's the director at Our Saver up the road and said, hey, I'm gonna recommend this family to you. I think you're a better fit. So you never really saw anyone around you as competition. Um, and I think Colleen reciprocated and would do the same for you because someone who was looking for full-time and Colleen didn't have full-time care, she would call you. So you guys really work together in the community to provide the best care in your sur surrounding area. And I want to make mention of what you said before that struck me. Um, you were talking about your young adults. And I think what, what we need to do as a community and as an early childhood um, education, you know, cohort is really focus on young adults as professionals and not all these kids or these, you know, really um, changing the narrative around these, you know, college kids or high school kids that are, that really want to get the education. I knew as a, as a young kid, I wanted to get young as 10, get into education. And that's what I did. Um, but I was given opportunities to do so. So I think you had that path that you had that thought to to help those kids because you saw something in them that could really benefit you, but also benefit them. And so thinking of them as young professionals, not babysitters, not, you know, not all these kids, these are young adults um, by standard, right? They're 18 and older, they're young adults and they really need the opportunity to, to grow. And like Jen said, even if they have experience they don't have the cda they need to have the opportunity to, to learn to get a cda what what is a cda you know having education around that is so important and um having you as someone who gave them that opportunity or at least put a label on it i think is so so important so that's i just wanted to make mention of, of how we should really look at those people as professionals and not just you know a space and ratio one thing Mrs. P did with her staff that I always was in awe about, there was always a story of how a staff member came to her. And one that stuck in my mind was she had junior councils, counselors. So someone who attended Westside might have been like after school program, the summer program, but was still going there, but old enough to lend a helping hand. And she made them junior counselors, but then became staff members at Westside. So she really trusted in her community and staff and brought them on, you know, at a young age as junior counselors, as they were attending summer camp and things. And I think, you know, as a worker who I was an employee there, the best thing that she did with that, Christy, was that she asked us, do you mind 
if we have a junior counselor come into your room, they still, they can't be with the children by themselves. You cannot look at them as their teachers in the room co-teaching with you because they are still too young to be in this room with these children by themselves. Some of them were like 14 years old, you know, 13 years old, they were young, but every single person, I mean, I don't think there was one that wasn't like, oh no, we took full advantage of that, of just absolutely, let's help them learn, let's help them teach. And, you know, and they were receptive to so many things. And so many of those junior counselors went on to be employees at Ms. P's um, place. When she would talk about certain names of certain people, like when we would chat or whatever, and I'm like, what? No way. Like they are working there now. Like that's amazing. And she's like, yeah, they're, they're 18 now. I'm like, oh my God, I'm old. But you know, like it was, that was awesome to hear that. And, and it, it gave me a feeling as a previous employee there of like, wow, maybe I helped that person grow into that person. Maybe I helped a little bit into shaping them into someone like that. And for me, I truly do think that having those types of employees and having Miss P look at me as someone more than just an employee made me want to become who I am today. And I love my job of teaching teachers is the way like I try to explain it to people. <clears throat> TAs know trying to explain your job to anyone who isn't in this field is a bit of a, uh, a word mumbler of, well, I do this and this and this and this, but I always just say I teach teachers. And that was the path that I went down. And I think it's because she found these, again, unique situations and unique jobs and unique things at the school that, that people could do that helped everybody in different ways. It helped them, it helped me, it helped her. And it just, and it, it helped the children also. And I think that's what she always did. She always looked at those individual things of, okay, you're very young. You can't be employed here. Sometimes the parents were like, my kid's too young to be home by themselves. I'm not comfortable with that. I want them to still come there, but I don't want my child to be like, oh, I'm still going to daycare or child care. And that was great for them too. That you said that was funny is because um, they had to get on the bus to come to Westside. So a lot of them that were in middle school would say, oh my God, you know, I'm going to West Side and people are making fun of me. So we used to, I made up like name tags and it said counselor in training. So I said, so before you get on the bus, put your badge on and say, no, no, I'm not going, I'm going because I'm, I'm a counselor in training. I'm going to work there. I said, and the parents, they had to sign a waiver because I, it wasn't just like, oh, okay, I'm just going to stick this kid in a room. I mean, I sat down and had a conversation with the parents and with the with the child because like Jen said, they tuned out as age went, but the parent didn't want her 13 year old daughter home alone for an hour and a half or whatever. And I said, okay, I said, well, and that's when I thought because they, they were engaged. You could see, when, especially when they were outside or whatever, you could see the ones that interacted with the children, played ball with them or sat down and played a card game or a board game or whatever. And that's what I would say to the parent, you know, we can do this. I have this counselor and training program and they were excited. The kids were excited. And like Jen, I think at least five or six of them, then when they got old enough to get a working papers, became my staff members. So. Yeah, it was it was a win-win situation for me. 
Mrs. P, I love your relentless positivity that you just see the best in everyone and every situation where, you know, you might, you, you said, oh, you know, what scheduling people's um, who've got lots of different responsibilities and maybe their students and not being able to work this day and that day. You said, okay, well, that was tricky, but it gave me the opportunity to bring them in on other days um, as substitutes. And just your ability to see people and to celebrate them, um, that teamwork effort, as you said, you started as a floater and your ability to recognize the importance of every single person in that program, the um, desire to make sure that your staff were not overburdened, that you were always overstaffed. Um, I think that that was really integral in helping your program be so successful in Grow New Jersey Kids because we sometimes hear from directors who are feeling like Grow New Jersey Kids is a big burden because they're seeing it as something that they do, where in your program, it wasn't something that you did. It was something that you all did. So much teamwork, so much teamwork. And the other thing that I've heard you say, which is also a challenge in many early childhood programs, I'm going to say almost all early childhood programs, is there wasn't always extra money behind um, you know, extra responsibilities, but it wasn't just really extra responsibilities, it was extra opportunities. And I think Stephanie used that word earlier, that idea of you were kind of growing together, that this person had this special skill set that they were bringing to the program. And because you recognize that and you allowed them to bring their interest and passion into their work, they stayed with you. And you gave 150% and they did as well. I, I, I just, oh my goodness. There's, there's a reason why everyone in Hopakong knows Westside and Mrs. P. And I think, you know, and I don't want to speak for Ms. P, but I'm, I'm positive that she could agree with this, that we have shown a light on all of these amazing things and all of these wonderful things, but it's not always sunshine and rainbows. It's not always, you know, I can just do this or I can just do that. Or, you know, it, like we said before, tapping into your staff and asking them to help you. And I loved organizational things, uh, charts and, and graphs and just all that stuff. So she would utilize me for that stuff and she would pull other people for certain things. And, you know, like she said, her daughter worked there as the assistant director and she helped with so many things. And it wasn't just all on her. It wasn't just... So many directors are like, I'm, I'm by myself. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And, you know, I created that one PLC of, of tapping into your staff and finding your, I call it the champions for change that um, can help you at your program because it is not, it's not sunshine and rainbows for the staff, for the director, for the children every day. No one has the best day every single day, always at, forever. And that's just reality, right? So, you know, tapping into those staff members and reaching out and finding things. And, you know, the, the word that everyone gets so terrified about is the pandemic and how that has changed so much in childcare. I think that we do need to go back to the beginning and say, okay, what are some things that we can still do? Or what can we go back to? And Ms. P, you mentioned this in the very beginning of um, this podcast that 
you started as an aide and you went out to the cars and you welcomed them all. And if you were from Hopakong, you knew about this very fun, happy morning lady, which I was not, who had fun hats. And she always wore a different hat and she always went to those cars and she was like, how are you? Great day, look at this, it's raining, get under my umbrella. And she welcomed those kids so excitingly and that changed throughout the years. No one did car lineups anymore. The people came inside, people did these things. Well, guess what? We're back to that. We're back to the car lineups and everyone's like, this stinks, what do we do? Miss P did it before it was even a pandemic and she had fun with it and enjoyed it. And she brought it up today without even realizing that that was something that people do. Now. I'm, she realizes that that's what they do now, but she talked about it today, not meaning to roll into the pandemic things, but roll with the punches if you can, if you have to. So do what you have to do. And she enjoyed that then when she didn't need to do that. So I think those are the big takeaways too, is that you know, directors listening in today or teachers listening today, kind of sometimes maybe rolling their eyes or going, oh yeah, that's perfect world or oh, must be nice. It wasn't always perfect. It wasn't always, this is, this is, you know, the best thing ever. Sometimes it was tears. Sometimes it was hardships. Sometimes it was those tough conversations of letting staff go, or you're not the right fit here. And you know, those were the hardest times. Miss P would be crying as she let someone go who needed to be let go because she didn't want to do that. That's not what she wanted to be. But again, it's not always sunshine and rainbows, but there are so many positive ways to look at it. And taking something like that from Miss P today of like, you know what, that positivity and th that I need to take a little bit of that maybe. I just want to add to that. Um, you know, Lori had mentioned and Mrs. P had mentioned financially in the early childhood care, funds are not always available. And I know that was always a struggle at Westside. But Mrs. P always thought outside the box. She really thought outside the box. And how can she tap into her parents, the community? And one thing that sticks in my mind, and correct me if I'm wrong, Mrs. P, because this is going off memory from probably six, seven years ago. But one of the things you tapped into on the community was you wanted to spruce up your playground and the funds just weren't there. So I think if I recall correctly, you tapped into our local technical school um, and used them to help build hands-on playground equipment. Um, you know, you had like music, something for music, something for sensory and the students and the teacher of the technical, I don't know what class it was or what trade it was there. It was, it was Sussex Votech. Right. Um, yeah. You use the school and the trade of the students to help build what became an amazing playground for you. Uh, you know, so that's just another example of, you know, she was struggling financially to spruce up her playground, but she thought outside the box and really tapped into her community and parents. And the other person, uh, the other uh, community group that helped me was the Rotary Club. Right. I, I knew. Rotary, yeah. Yep. Uh, they, they gave us the shed. They put up the cover on our new playground. Um, yeah, the Rotary Club loves, uh, you know, getting involved in community activities like that. I mean, yes, you have to make a pitch and yes, you have to go there and present yourself. But I mean, we that, those things were a couple of thousand dollars. And getting back to what Jen had said about it, the hardest thing I think for me, um, when she said, 
where directors say it's all on them, you know, it's me, me, me. My hardest thing was to delegate uh, because in my, a couple of things, because in my head, if I didn't do it, it wasn't going to be done right. Or that I was burdening someone else if I gave them this job because I want grown New Jersey, but you're going to have to do X, Y, and Z. So I think delegating and having that open conversation with your staff to say, okay, this is what I need to do. I can't do it all by myself. So let's just pitch in. What can you do? What can you do? What? Can, but the other thing is, is once you let that go, it, it took my daughter actually to say, my, you can't micromanage them. You can't be on top of them all the time. If you gave them the job, let them do it. If you want to tweak it after the fact, but you can't be on top of them. That took me a long time to learn how not to micromanage when I ended up giving up something. So as a director, if you give something up, be prepared. It's not going to be exactly the way you want it. It's going to get done, but you have to trust the person that you give that over to because they're there. They want to help you. Otherwise they wouldn't have said that they would do it. So that was, that was a, and, and I also instilled in my staff that, listen, I'm up here in the office. I mean, yes, Mrs. P would like to be in every classroom, do every little thing because this is my home. This is what I love. But you represent me when you're in the classroom. So we're all this, we're in this together. So if you need anything from me, you just need to let me know. Poke your head in and just say, you know, Mrs. P, I need X, Y, and Z, or this isn't working or whatever. Good. Let's have a conversation. Let's fix it. Because I, I'm, I'm not in there. You are. So tell me what you need from me to make your job better. And vice versa. I mean, how many times did Jen poke her head in or another staff member say, Mrs. P, you, you look stressed. <laughs> she need help with something. And I, I, I would be like, oh, my God, yes, please. And they would whatever it would be, even if it was just filing papers or something, they knew that my desk looked like a bomb blew up on it and they would just come in and they would just help me. And, and vice versa. I would go down the hallway and if I saw someone was their voice was getting a little raised or you could see, you could read people's faces. You could tell when they're tense or whatever. I walk in and just put my hand around them and just say, you know what? Why don't you take a few minutes? I've got this. You know, when I would tell a story or something, I don't know. I mean, I love that because I missed being in the classroom when I was a director. I, I did. I missed being in there, but yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mrs. P. I think it's so important to mention um, with all the information you told us today, just how important support is and community is and how um, we should prioritize our staff, not just as bodies, right? But as people that could really benefit the school, benefit the kids, benefit the families. Um, and as we wrap up, I, I wanna also make mention of how many great ideas you have for the directors and the staff and for the administration, right? Sometimes, like you said, those, those smaller schools we do have bigger schools where we do have an admin team and we do have people that, um, you know, groups that run childcare centers. But as you wrap up, is there anything else you wanted to make mention um, about supporting staff's professional growth um, that you haven't mentioned already? Well, no, I, I think I pretty well covered it. I, I, I think, like I said, 
the bottom line is for everyone involved is the, the most important thing I think is respecting one another. That's number one. Number two is, is I think you have to have an open mind. You have to be open to listen. You have to be open to new ideas and always think outside the box. I mean, and there's people out there, whether it be parents, whether it be your community, whatever, you are valuable to them because you are taking care of their children. Just as your child is the center of your life, they're handing you over the center of their life. And a lot of times it's from 6.30 in the morning to four o'clock in the afternoon, four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Just think about that. And they're leaving you to care for their child. And I think that that should be the foremost thing when you're looking at your center and your staff and your classrooms and your manipulatives, your first priority is looking at that child and what is it, am I doing the best that I can do with my staff and my environment to make this child's life happen? And parents will, they're so grateful they, they truly are. And they will do, I mean, uh, uh, again, one of my parents was a professional painter. He came in and painted all my classrooms. One of my parents was a construction guy, owned his own construction company, redid my playground. They want to be involved, especially if you are, you are that they value you and value what you do. And as a director, you need to value the people that are in your classrooms carrying out your mission and your vision, because that's what they're doing. You're not in there doing it. They're doing it for you. So you need to value that. So in closing, I have to say, I, I do miss it. I do. I, I miss it a lot. And um, if I could go back, I would again. And Christy, you and Jamie you were invaluable even after I was rated or whatever. I could call you anytime with any question. And Jen, I am just so super, super proud of you. You've, I mean, you're still going. I mean, and I'm just so, so proud and blessed that I was part of that of your life. And I want to thank you all for valuing what I have to say to invite me onto this podcast. Thank you. I think it's the per perfect way to um, tie this conversation up in a pretty bow. Um, Mrs. P, thank you so much for all your insight and your experience. Someone, people will benefit from this conversation. Um, Jen and Chris, thank you so much for your your view on Mrs. P and your experience with her and sharing that. That's It's, it's going to be a great way for people to hear, like you said, the value, to remember the value of your staff, to reach out to your community and to support um, your your staff and support their growth so thank you so so much mrs p we wish you the best um and we hope to cross paths with you very very soon <laughs>